This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. No one asked any questions. They all hurried back to their cars and jumped in. The ladies at the vintage clothing store were fumbling over some of the clothes as they tried to shove them into the back. From across the street, Seth was shouting to them to hurry to them with the car while Jessica and Mason shot oncoming walkers. They had gotten in between the two human groups and were crowding in. Buena Vista had been a major road, and they poured in like the flood. Jessica ran out of arrows. It looked like they were doomed. Then the car crashed through the group of the dead, creating a path. Seth, Mason, and Jessica piled in and zipped away. Tommy, driving his group's car, got cut off by a large number that poured into the street in front of him. He had to find another way around. He backed over a couple, but... Feeling that there was some resistance in moving further, he threw it into drive and steered down a side street. Again, they were piled up in front of him, so he steered into the sidewalk. Then onto the lawns. He kicked it into high gear to get away from the major area of town, weaving around trees and lawn decorations. Everywhere he looked, there were more and more of the walking dead. He tried to avoid them as well so they wouldn't clog up his tires, but he couldn't help but hit a few. One of them flew into his windshield, its head exploding as it cracked the glass. Tommy squinted to see, and Naseba helped. They weaved around a side street, then down an alley, slowing as little as possible. They knew that the undead were continuing to wander out of the houses, drawn to the siren's call. So the longer they were out, the more dangerous it became. The speed paid off as they managed to get away from the chaos in no time. Bob and Karen dash out of portos immediately when the creature's scream pierced their ears. Derek was locked in a daze, half-deafened, staring at her. The girl's innocent face now wore a long, beastly dropped jaw. Its skin stretched as it fell unnaturally to her chest. Inside her mouth was a deep blackness from which light could not escape. It seemed to Derek as if voices were calling from within. The voices of the damned. He could not... He was drawn toward it as the girl stepped toward him, leaning in to devour him whole. But Karen grabbed him and yanked Derek back. He shook out of his stupor and looked to his friends. The beast screamed again, then ran at the group who retreated toward the exit. Bob held the door open for them, and they leaped out. He turned to join them, but then he felt himself sucked backward. Helplessly, he tumbled into the black void inside the girl's mouth. Screaming, Karen turned to him, but Derek told her it was too late and drug her into the car. Now at the main intersection of town, they saw the undead converging from every direction. There were thousands of them. They had to move quickly. From the north, they saw a shambling horde of zombies wearing fantasy and Star Wars shirts. Cosplayers were everywhere. Some of them drug games with them. Geek and Sundry, just up the road, had been holding a large game day event at the time the apocalypse had happened. Zombie nerds! Derek shouted, and Karen kicked it into gear and hurried away. She sped the car down Magnolia, but was cut off by a wall of undead before them. Derek grabbed the walkie-talkie and called the group at DIY. We can't get to you. Is there anywhere else you can get to hide? Trish, Marion, and Bill froze. One of them was injured, and they could hear the hordes outside. They couldn't remain where they were, lest they be cut down by the infected, feral cats. Can't you push through them? Trish asked. The bodies are too thick, Derek told her. Sorry, Karen shouted, as she turned the car in the only direction in which she could escape. Derek said to Trish, See if you can make your way to one of those houses. They seem to have left those. Trish looked in fear out the window. The houses were across a parking lot and over a wall. It would take the better part of a minute to get to it, and another minute to climb over. Then, who knew how long it would take them to get into a house, and whether it would be occupied. The sound of something scampering through the store encouraged her to move. The good news about the parking lot was that it was mostly devoid of zombies. 
They were all going on either side, flowing down the streets on the main road. Then Marion had an idea. Let's try the atrium where they keep the plants. There was an enclosed patio that faced the parking lot. Its iron fencing may be enough to keep them safe, and they could close the door away from the cats. They hurried toward it, Trish and Marion helping the hobbling Bill along. They could hear shuffling and crashing equipment down the aisles toward them, trying to reach the three people before they could get to the door. But they hurried through it before anything could spring out at them. Once outside, they sat, panting. Marion sucked in her breath and shushed the others. One of the walking corpses was approaching, searching for them. Its eyes were unfocused, scanning the area. It sniffed the air, recognizing a scent. Trish held her hand to her mouth, suppressing a cry. One noise from this would bring hundreds, enough to bring down these bars and crash through the windows in the building. But it kept passing. It had been noticing the smell of flowers and plants through which the human scent was not penetrating. After it shambled away, the three humans sighed with relief. Keiko was at the dispatcher station, coordinating directions with the others. She knew the Burbank streets like the back of her hand. She was now using that skill to navigate Karen to safety. The hordes were too thick now at Buena Vista, so she was cut off from getting back to BWP at the moment. But Keiko was able to talk her to a quieter part of town where she and the other two could hole up for a little while. Then Keiko heard a strange noise come from the radio. It flared up with music and a voice which said, You're listening to KROQ, the home of rock and roll. And it's time for a traffic report. We're experiencing massive backup on Buena Vista and Hollywood Way. Apparently, everyone's going to Magnolia Park for a siesta. Probably something at Dark Delicacies, the place of the living dead. And we also have one car out there. That's sure to cause some havoc, don't you think? So be careful, all you shambling corpses, that you don't get run over. And if you do, please be polite and don't clog up the tires. We're taking requests for your daily commute, so feel free to call in at 818-555-1212. That's right, whether you're living or dead, you're welcome to call into our request line at 555-1212. Keiko stared at her radio, stunned and uncertain what to do. Tune in next week to find out what happens next. And if you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of the show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!